Support for Great Minds is provided by The Wine Store in Naples. The Wine Store offers a unique selection of wines from small production, artisan, and family-owned wineries. Their in-store wine education center hosts classes for the novice and connoisseur alike. Details are at thewinestorenaples.com. Welcome to Great Minds, a podcast that has some brainy fun with wine, from what's in the bottle to the people, places, and culture that make it what it is. I'm Julie Glenn. And I'm Gina Birch. Today, we are continuing our series on grapes and the zodiac, where we take the zodiac sign of the month we're recording in, and we pair it with a grape that has similar characteristics. We're in the sign of Virgo right Mm -hmm. now. Do you know a lot of Virgos, Gina? Uh, You know, uh, a few. A few. Yeah, not many. Now that you mention it, I'm trying to go through my my Rolodex of Virgos. <laughs> no, there are not very many that are coming popping up to mind. You know, Virgos are kind of hard to get to know. Mm-hmm. Um, they come across like really stoic perfectionists uh, with a really calm exterior. Mm-hmm. But inside, they're probably stressing about everything, but they just do not let it show. Right, right. You know? So for a while there, I kind of thought that I didn't like Virgos, you know? <laughs> Well, and you're a Leo. Yeah, which okay. means that I'm super codependent, and right. Virgos are not going I, so to... This is why, yeah, yeah, I get it. And Virgos are not going to throw down the compliments or the niceties unless it's really warranted, unless mm-hmm. you really earned it and right. deserve it. So, But then I was shocked to learn that some of my favorite people at work are Virgos. My former producer, Matt Smith, Virgo. Tara, yeah. our social media coordinator, she's mm-hmm. a Virgo, and I totally love her. So... I mean, I've kind of had similar relationships with Cab Franc. That's the grape for Virgo, because... I thought for a long time, I just didn't like it. But then you have good ones and you're like, man, this is really well, good. Well, when you have a good one, then you're, it's like anything, like any grape, right? When you have a really good one, it's like, oh, now I get now it. Now I get it. Otherwise, I felt like I was sucking on a bell pepper or, you know, something like that. Well, there are a lot of famous Virgos that I just adore, like Michael Jackson, uh, Selma Hayek, Keanu Reeves, Mother Teresa. Mm-hmm. It's a Virgo. Uh, Tim Burton, Bill Murray, Sean Connery, and uh, Tommy Lee Jones, Sophia Loren, Cameron Diaz, Beyonce, uh, Lady B, Adam Sandler, Kobe Bryant, Pink, Jimmy Fallon, Amy Winehouse, Ingrid Bergman. So a pretty distinguished list. These are all people that I could totally see telling it like it is. Mm, exactly. And that's something that Virgos are kind of famous for. They are, if they're going to say something, they're going to just, no, no, they're not going to shine it up. They're mm-hmm. just going to say, yeah, you really don't need to wear that bikini. <laughs> they're that friend. Thanks, I but, think. <laughs> well, they're an earth sign. They're like Taurus and Capricorn. So, But they're not quite as stubborn as those two. Okay. But they're very careful people and they have a deep sense of humanity. So going from that to the Cab Franc, Mm -hmm. for a while, I was just really not impressed with the grape. I mean, I'd had some bad ones, and I'd come into contact with some Virgos before who exhibited the more negative qualities of the sign. Sometimes Virgos, as I said, could be harsh, overly critical. Likewise, Cab Franc can lack subtlety, to say the least. Yeah, you know, it's really great in blends. You know, you have a little bit of Cab Franc there to to round something out or to add some texture. Uh, But when you find them on their own, 100%, you're not really sure what you're going to get sometimes. and But that's part of the fun of it. I kind of like exploring them because of that. Yeah. I mean, sometimes Virgos have a way of being hyper-focused and unwavering, mm-hmm. kind of like the earth sign that they are. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes Cab Franc, as a single varietal, can have that one-note quality about it. Right. No, you're right. You know? Mm-hmm. And on the positive side, Virgos uh, that you work to get to know, they can be some of the hardest working loyal friends. As I said, the ones that will tell you, you don't need to wear those pants anymore. Mm-hmm. You have flat outgrown them. 
<laughs> friend, yeah. you know, and I appreciate those friends. But they work really well in groups because they don't demand the spotlight, but they can excel independently because they do expect so much from themselves. And that kind of goes, ties hand in hand with what we were just talking about with the Cab Franc. You know, it's uh, supported and rounded out Merlot, who we were talking about as far as blends and, and Cabernet Sauvignon and... Um, for centuries it's been used in Bordeaux. So it's really, what did you call it? You called it um, uh, the love child with the Sauvignon Blanc. What were you saying about that? Yeah, Cab Sauv is, you know, uh, Cabernet Sauvignon is Cab Franc and Sauvignon Blanc's That's love right. child. That's so right, yeah. Cabernet Sauvignon came from across between Sauvignon the, the Blanc two of them. and Cabernet Franc. I remember we were talking about that on another uh, podcast. I'm like, I can't remember exactly. Okay, thanks, yeah, so thanks for rounding it out for the me. The family tree, the yeah, genealogy, the if you will. Uh, but according to Jancis Robinson's Oxford Companion to Wine, there is some evidence that Cab Franc came from the Basque region up in Spain. But by the end of the 1700s, it was really well known to be a star in places like saint Emilion, Pomerol, mm-hmm. and Fronsac in Bordeaux. So um, it's blended there. Uh, the Cab Franc there, it offers uh, strong shoulders to Merlot and a little bit of direction to Cab Sauve. Uh, Cheval Blanc is the most notable Cab Franc mm-hmm. dominant wine out of Bordeaux. Yep. Have you had a chance to try one of those? Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah? It kind of makes your toes curl a little. I'm kind of jelly. Yeah. So 100% uh, when you're going all the way with just Cab Franc, you got to go down to Loire, right. the Loire region down in France. You're going to find uh, Cab Franc dedicated appellations uh, in Bourgogne, Chinon, Anjou Village, and Samur Champigny. I think you're I'm doing pronouncing good with those that French right. names. You're, you're you're improving. You know what I'm loving is Chinon. I, I've always loved mm-hmm. Chinon, and there is a rosé of Cab Franc from Chinon that is uh, distributed by Kermit Lynch that I have loved for many many years. I think um, Chimney Rock has a rosé of Cab Franc too. It's beautiful. Cab Franc does pretty good as a rosé. Yeah, and it has legs. It can it can it has some staying power. It's it's nice and it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Really pretty color. Anyway, yeah. I digress. I know it's kind of like a, it's not as bluish as like the um, the Gamay rosés, but mm-hmm. it does have a little more bluish tinge to it, it. It looks like something you'd see out of Tavel to me. Yeah, it does. It's, mm-hmm. it's a nice dark color, but and it's definitely not um, as strawberry or, or no. so not sweet. But so down here in Loire is where you're going to find the stellar expression of this variety. It's it's lighter than Cabernet Sauvignon in body, but it's aromatically complex with tobacco and some peppery spice that's offset by violet and some bright raspberry. Sometimes it gets a little herbal. And you can mm-hmm. see sometimes how Cab Sauv gets his occasional underripe vegetal characteristics from its dear old dad. You know, sometimes you get that. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes you get a Cab Sauv, then you have the green you pepper. Do. I, I, I have I taste that a lot. And, and even if it's just subtle, it's a flavor that you're going to taste just like a, like a spice like marjoram or, or thyme. It, sometimes you just have a little bit of something like that and, and it stands out. And I, to me... That's what green pepper is with some of the Cab Franc and even some of the Cab Sauv. And I get the green pepper. That's probably why I got turned off of Cabernet Franc early in my wine life because I really hate green peppers. Mm. I just really do. Right. It's kind of like, you know, people who don't like cilantro will pick out a speck of yes. cilantro. Yes, because they say it tastes like soap. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I might have some kind of a genetic whatever that makes me really, really not like green peppers. And oh. so when I detected that in underripe Cab Franc, mm-hmm. Uh, which is it becomes more pronounced yes. when when the cab franc isn't allowed to ripen all the way, it, it just really turned me off and like out of a fear of of encountering that uh, green pepper action, I just stayed away from it. Then yeah. I started to um, find that in Cab Sauv and yes. Cabernet Sauvignon, and I I was looking one time at Andrew, the Master Sommelier, Andrew, what was his last yeah, name? Yeah, Andrew. Um Gosh, if you had McNamara, McNamara, yes. Andrew McNamara, he's our master sommelier that is in our area, and so we were talking with him. He goes, "Well, that's obviously from the Cab Franc," and he goes, "That's a natural thing." And he's like, "I enjoy that flavor," and so you know, hey, it doesn't mean that I'm right about what I like 
because mm-hmm. I'm not. It's not going to be what you like, right? Never but is. He said or, that or all the time, and that was where he was the one that mm-hmm. made that connection for me with the cab sauv that had the green pepper. And I was like, right. "Is there cab front planted in here?" And he's like, "No, but its dad is cab front. Yeah. And that's where it's coming <laughs> from." <laughs> well, you know, when you're when you're talking about um, outside of France, because this is you know we've been focusing on France. There are a lot of winemakers in some cooler spots and higher elevations that actually have pretty decent luck with Cab Franc. Viadere is one of the, uh, I think, one that comes to mind in Napa. Um, in Washington, the grape does well, but it isn't dominating like Merlot or even Cab Sauve. Um, I also had, very interestingly enough, a Cab Franc in Argentina. Archival yeah, there's a Ferrer. little bit down yeah, there. Yeah, and, it was, and it, was, it was quite nice. They I think a... I might have brought one back even. Really? Oh, yeah. Well, i got to check that out. Bring that in. I, I th- I've got several Cab Francs. When we were talking about this, I looked through my cellar and I had one from, I think, Pride and, and Lewis and some really interesting ones that I that we need to dig in. Yeah, we do. We need to try all that. Mm-hmm. So I was blown away when I tried one um, for Virginia. Really? Um, you know you know how I, I say I'm a little bit gun shy about Cab Franc. This is the one that turned me so, around. So you get a Cab Franc from Virginia. Of all the places <laughs> in the universe. That makes so much sense, Julie. I know, but I was in a situation here, try my try this wine, and I was like, oh, okay, I'll give it a try. I'm like, damn, that's good. What mm-hmm. is that? It's mainly Cab Sauv, uh, mainly Cab Franc with Cab Cabernet okay. Sauvignon. So it was a blended wine, but it, so it had Cabernet Sauvignon in it, but it was really heavy on the Cab Franc, and I was just totally blown away. It was RDV Vineyard that um, is coming out mm-hmm. of Virginia. So first right. of all, it made me uh, come back to Cab Franc and not be so judgy judgy about it. Mm-hmm. And then it also got me thinking more about wines from Virginia. East Coast wines. Yeah. East Coast. East Coast. <laughs> Throwing up the signs. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um, yeah, so I mean, Virginia wines really, um, that's an up and comer. The RDV is kind of, I think, I feel like leading the way uh, for Virginia wines. All right, I'll look for it. It's a good one. So, you know, Virgo has an air of nobility. Um, so does Cab Franc. It's, it's not going to partake in the sordid fruit bomb style of winemaking that's currently going out of style, nor will it sway toward mm. watery overproduction. Mm-hmm. It's a very determined, traditional, hardworking grape that, once you get to know it, it could just become your new best friend for life. See? You just you just found a new one in Virginia. Who would have thought? Yeah. Do you, okay, do you have a favorite Cab Franc? Was it, or is it the one from Argentina that you mentioned? I like that, and I also like Pride. Yeah. You know, Pride, they do everything well. And <laughs> can't go wrong with that. They have reasons to be proud. Yes. And and I really do enjoy the rosés made from Cap Franc. Yeah, they're so good. So I was at a tasting one time a while back, and it was it was super fun, and it still sticks out in my mind. There's a uh, Burgoy in, in Loire. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a – there's a, a producer called Domaine Catherine and Pierre Breton. Mm-hmm. They have a Franc de Pied, and it's a Cabernet Franc. Um and it says DPED because that's referring to the feet of the vine okay. that it's growing from. And this is um, a, a chateau or a domain that has uh, set aside a certain amount of vineyard land f- to dedicate to European rootstock Cab hmm. Franc. Okay. They do uh, American rootstock Cab Franc. And then they also have a little bit that's set aside for uh, just staying on the French rootstock. So it's Franc, you know, fr- French Right. Of the feet, so French feet. So it was really kind of cool because they we tried the the Franc de Pied along with the the not you know non European rootstock. Right. And as you know, and we all know uh, that there's American rootstock on a large amount of European vines because that's what protects them from the yeah the the phylloxera phylloxera yeah, yeah that's the um, 
the reason that Europe still has a wine industry is because they took American we rootstock. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, the, the phylloxera Laos came from uh, the New World, so... Oops, sorry about that. Here's yeah. some rootstock. Let's fix that for you. Um, but anyway, so it was really kind of cool because then you're tasting Cabernet Franc as it was originally supposed to to be, like like old, old, old school, like mm-hmm. centuries old school, and then trying it right next to one that had American rootstock on it. And there were some Could differences. Could you tell the difference? Just a little. Very I mean, subtle, but they were there. You had to work. You yeah. had to work to find those differences. <laughs> but um, yeah, there was a little bit of a difference. And now it's been probably... Seven years since this happened, but I do remember that being an exceptional uh, moment. This is another one that's imported from. Uh, it was at the time uh, a Kermit Lynch uh, import product. So, okay. Yeah, it was really cool. Um, it was it was an interesting experience, and those wines are only around thirty dollars. Not bad at all. Not I, bad at all. I'd, I'd spring for thirty dollars to try that. Yeah. So not bad. All right, I've got a list now. That one and the one from uh, Virginia. Oh, and Flora Springs. Oh yeah. I'm, I'm glad you reminded me that we were talking about that prior, um, that I had opened a one. It was mostly Cap Franc. There was a little more in there. And this wine had been sitting for uh, more than 10 years. And I found it. And I thought, oh, goodness, I don't know how this is going to be. It's probably going on 15 years. And that Cab Franc in there had just mellowed out so nicely. It was beautiful. It was just a beautiful wine. So so they do age well, at least some of the ones that I've had experienced with of some of the older Cab Francs. So if you've got an old one, don't be afraid, but go ahead and open it. <laughs> yeah, I've, I, they're not all that tannic Cab Francs. Mm-mm. So maybe that um, maybe Cab Franc adds to the, the Bordeaux blends some of that ageability. Maybe. Perhaps. We'll have to get out our science uh, hat and do a little research on that. You know, I don't think anybody knows what's no. going on when wine's aging. No. You know, they like to say that there's a lot of uh, supposition there, but I'm not sure. There's really so many knows. things that can affect it. You know, you have one hot day or one hot something and that messes everything up. Great Minds is produced at WGCU Studios on FGCU campus in Fort Myers, Florida. Our producers for online media are Anna Bejarano and Tara Calligan. Technical production is by Richard Chinqui. Great Minds theme music for Zante is by Colin Mannon. To get in touch, check greatminds.org. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.